We didn't spend a lot of time with our standard bullshit chat, so I'm afraid something's going to leak into the podcast. <laughs> this is Beers with Hells. Threats, Beers, and Mouths Welcome or welcome back. This is Beers with Talos, episode 144. Today is February 16th, 2024. I am joined, as usual, by Matt and Lorene. And we have a special guest today. I mean, well, he's definitely special. Like, he's a very special man. Uh, JJ Cummings is joining us again on the podcast. Uh, how are you doing today, JJ? You've been here a few times. Yeah, I have. I'm doing all right, Mitch. I think... Uh... Somehow, for some reason, I, for some back. for some reason, I've I've been invited back, and uh, I would say being called special is certainly the maybe the least of the descript words that have uh, been used to describe me over the <laughs> for the years. Uh, well, we are going to talk. We have JJ here today because we are going to talk about a thing that has popped up and seems to be kind of consuming the cybersecurity news cycle the last couple weeks. Uh, we're going to talk about Volt Typhoon today, but before we jump into that, we are going to do what we do every episode. Uh, a little bit different this time, though, Matt. We're going to go around the table uh, and 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 get some opening thoughts here. Uh, Matt, why don't you kick us off with today's special roundtable? Yeah. Um, so we always talk about the conversations we have uh, before we start recording, or we we often we often reference them. And it occurred to me, especially after the last couple of weeks, because we spent a lot of time figuring out how to mess with Amy, uh, who is uh, a person of huge importance and extreme power in our in, inside to of To some of us more than others. <laughs> yeah, and so to some of us more than others. Uh, <laughs> Mitch, you can't turn red every time you laugh. That's not... <laughs> it's going to make it worse. <laughs> And so um, we spend an inordinate amount of time coming up with various ways to mess with Amy, um, investing in technologies. We talked about some of it last week um, with the OBS stuff. And I thought what we should do is we should definitely invite the listeners to to help us out in ways to good-naturedly um, torture a woman who has done nothing wrong. Except be um, awesome. Is. Like, I mean, just just really be awesome at her job. Yeah, she's so fantastic. That's how you get on the list. <laughs> and importantly, importantly, we have established that she does not listen to this podcast. So we're safe to talk about this here for the time being. Probably. Definitely safe to, to entertain emails out of band from the podcast. Like, she can know it's coming, but <laughs> she'll never expect what the listeners have come up with. So we, we definitely, oh, so first of all, yes, uh, beerswithtalos at cisco.com is how you can email in your ideas. If you have any ideas to help us out with that, uh, you, could, you could send us a tweet, but that is a little riskier, right? I mean, that would be, that would be out in the clear. So I don't think we should. Yeah, you'd have to get that. on Twitter. Very risky move. <laughs> just the idea. Also, we know who listens to the Talos security Twitter handle. And within confines of this particular exercise, that guy's a narc. <laughs> <laughs> he will absolutely tell us. He will. He will. He will, he will tell us. He won't even mean to. He'll, it'll just happen. Like, it'll just. <laughs> He's one of the good ones for sure. 
So yes, any any ideas we have. So I mean, and, and this can be all encompassing because we you know we do have a lot of opportunities. Fortunately, like when we do conferences, when we do other things, like Amy often is with us. So there's lots of like in person as well as virtual uh, opportunities here uh, to keep in mind as, as you're thinking of those things. And that's what it's going to be like in San Francisco. <laughs> Oh, anyway, Lorraine, what is up with you this week? So we, we, we definitely want any any ideas that you have that will not get us fired. Yeah. Like I am in a especially precarious situation there. Like obviously no like actual crimes should be committed uh, in this process. Just one at a time. And also I would like to still have a job at the end of it. Like that would, those would both be great qualifiers. Yeah, she can definitely fire a third of us. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure that she could cause any of the three of us to be fired, but she can actually push the button for fully one third of this podcast. Yeah, it's a tightrope. It's a tightrope. All right. What's been going on with you this week, Wayne? Anything anything you want to jump in? It's been a heavy week. It's been a heavy week. Uh, There's not a lot of brain power left going around at the end of the day. Let's say that. So mostly what's happening is. Becoming one with the couch at the end of the day. Yes. I'm going to go kayaking with baby manatee this weekend. I think that'll change the trajectory of my week at the end there. That'd be pretty cool. It's that time of year up in Crystal River. JJ, how's your week been? Anything top of mind for you today? Uh, you know, it's been uh, it's been a busy week. I uh, I kind of have the same, same statement as Lorraine. I say that, though. It's been a busy month and a half. I think uh, we were all anticipating a lot of uh, malicious activity around Christmas and New Year's, much like we've seen over the last several years where many of us have worked through the holidays. And uh, we didn't see as much as we expected. And then uh, as we got into the first part of January, we discovered that, in fact, there was a fair amount of activity that uh, just hadn't been observed by the security community writ large. And uh, we're we're busy chasing that down right now, so it's uh, it's been busy and interesting. That's partially our fault, right? Didn't we try to negotiate a truce for the holidays before <laughs> on the on beers with Talos, right? We yeah. did, we did actually. So maybe, yeah, yeah, we did, we did actually, and I, I didn't know that it would be that effective, but I'm I am pleased that it worked, and you know maybe we should work out like more of like an annual calendar. Yeah, we could share a Google calendar. Is <laughs> the bad guy? <laughs> yeah, standing. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That's actually a really good idea. That seems entirely reasonable. Yeah, we had it for a while, I thought, but it was just like every time Craig went on vacation, something terrible happened. So, like, I mean, we had some kind of synchronicity there, but now we, it's just we lost that. So, yeah, now we just need to get a like, yeah, like a Google Calendar. If we could just get them all on that, and and we'll all just share like who's available when, and and go from there. Yeah, if you're a Google, if you're a bad guys, drop us an email at beardwithtalentsandcisco.com. We'll set up a Google Calendar with you. Yeah, we can get it all sorted out. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, but speaking of bad guys, we do have a big story. I'm reminded story. of that part at the start of Hitchhiker's Guide. So if I lay down here, you'll take him to the pub, right? Yes. Okay. The guy the guy who was related to Genghis Khan or whatever, or Attila the Hun, who kept having flashbacks of chopping off people's heads, ends up laying on in the mud in front of the bulldozer. Well, to be fair, if Arthur Dent had spent more time paying attention to local affairs, he wouldn't have been so surprised by that. Yeah, you could have checked that disused lavatory. Yeah. Really was on him. It is on him. Uh, so speaking of 
Uh, I don't even remember what the segue I had there was. I don't even remember where we were. But what we're doing here today is talking about Volt Typhoon. Did we did we destroy your hyperspace segue? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, this one's gonna take a while. Uh, so we are here today to talk about Volt Typhoon. If you have not been paying attention for the last several weeks, there has been a slew of advisories and research posts and other, uh, I guess what you would call chatter, uh, around the industry concerning Volt Typhoon. Uh, we saw the, the CISA advisory come out in conjunction with, I, I think pretty much like all of our partners in the five eyes. Was it all five countries that put out that joint announcement? Yeah, it was, it had all the stamps on it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It had all the logos. It had all the logos. Yeah. Uh, but this was obviously a, a, a concern that is serious enough to, to put out a joint announcement like that. And uh, as recently as a couple weeks ago, uh, FBI Director Ray uh, described this at Bolt Typhoon as the, quote, defining threat uh, of our generation. So we wanted to talk today about exactly what is Volt Typhoon, what is the concern here, uh, and what are some of the, the characteristics or uh, maybe even delve into some of the TTPs to, to help folks identify this activity and, and go from there. Uh, JJ, you are the person we brought on today as the, as the, the leading expert in Volt Typhoon, uh, at least as far as the four of us go. Uh, so why don't you start off and just kind of maybe give us some background. Obviously, uh, in the reports we see, this has been a, a longstanding actor, right? Uh, that these government agencies have attributed to uh, being a, a, a nation-state affiliated ATP with uh, with the People's Republic of China, and this has been going on apparently in some cases for up to five years. So, can you kind of just give us some, I don't know, background? Tell us what's going on. Sure. Uh, first, I'm curious what an ATP is. Did I say but, ATP? Uh, yeah. No. Seems glad I think he did, buddy. <laughs> That's all right. Hazel will fix it in post. Yeah. Um, ATP, Alien Terminates Predator. It's a new film franchise that I'm hoping gets off the ground. James Cameron, call me. That's right. That was fun. <laughs> I thought maybe it was a, uh, a new acronym. I was uh, as of yet unaware. So these, these things. Uh, no, it's probably based in like helping my daughter with too much biology homework lately. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You're a Dino triphosphates or... Uh... Yeah, all right. Wow, that was a deep pull, Matt. That's impressive. So I <laughs> sat was... quietly for the last 40 seconds trying to remember what ATP was. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah, Volt, Volt Typhoon, Mitch. Um, you know, I think, one, you're right. This is this has been very prevalent in the news. Uh, you know, there's just about any threat intelligence or research organization out there uh, of any size is uh, even those smaller ones are, are focused on this threat right now. Um, Volt Typhoon is assessed uh, by CISA, Microsoft, several other uh, organizations and agencies as being a PRC-based state actor. Um, most of their historic goals uh, chiefly include uh, espionage. Certainly, though, there is growing concern and evidence that suggests they're also pre-positioning for destructive uh, or disruptive type attacks to be used uh, certainly in the event that they might need to use those uh, if uh, the strategic need were ever to arise. Um, they've been around for a while, right? Uh, I think 
Well, they've had a few names over the years, Insidious Taurus, Bronze Silhouette, Vanguard Panda. There's probably others that are not coming to the top of mind right now, but... Uh... I don't know why they wouldn't come to top of mind. They're so perfectly sensical. <laughs> <laughs> Voltzeit. Voltzeit's another one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> I feel like we need to name it something else in another three months, just, you know, just for the hell of it. It just gets everybody's attention again. <laughs> is that what the intent is behind the... Uh, the I mean, there is that problem, right? Where, like, um, where something happens and we're like, oh, this happened again. And people are like, oh, I'd forgotten about that. And you're like, it's been nonstop since we talked about it like nine months ago. And you've been tracking probably China for five years. <laughs> probably. It could be. <laughs> that's No, that's just a code name. That was the name that popped out of the code book. It was just the next one there. That's all of our... Uh... China, China is actually our cover term for the Papua New Guinea a ATP actor. <laughs> saying who it is. Just probability oh, in this the, country right. is our code book, and that's just what came up this time. We'll have Russia be the, the cover term for the Nigerian fisher. You know. I'm going to have people asking me questions about our code book from up above. Be like, are you sure that code book random? And I'll be like, oh, you know, it's hard to tell, really. Yeah. <laughs> it is random, but there's only four <laughs> words in it. It, it. You just push a button on this website, Nick. I, Certainly totally right. Russia, yeah. probably China. <laughs> probably China. Ha ha, it was DPRK. And... <laughs> What's Turkey doing in here? Us. <laughs> Well, it's Thanksgiving, so... Uh, you know. Soups, North Korea, is that really appropriate Turkey. for... I don't know. What the hell were you even talking about? You'd be, um, you would imagine how much trouble we have coming up with cover terms. Do you not have a code book? One of the problems is that occasionally... like, So JJ likes to like do it democratically. He's like, someone come up with these cover terms. And it's never like the person with the best idea who comes up first. Like the first one, you're like, absolutely not. <laughs> it's almost always highly offensive. No, I don't think I've ever seen it. Maybe not it's highly offensive. Problematic but... from like a corporate perspective. You're like, that's not a. Those yeah. aren't words we can put together in that order about that topic. <laughs> yeah, offensive maybe is the wrong word. There, there has been at least one occasion though when a human selected cover term, not from any of no. our groups, was selected for, for a thing, and um, it had a geographic notion that was clear. You could understand what it meant, and also <laughs> a semi-derogatory statement that if you put the two words together, you're like this. Like if if the customer sees this, it's not going to be good. You have to change this now. Yeah. Every now and then, I see a cover term from from some organization, and I'm like, how did the customer feel when they decided found out that's how what your cover term for them was? <laughs> well, you you mentioned a couple things, JJ. There, one the um like the espionage, like the notion that like they are the the threat is something that is like by its nature extremely quiet, and that is a reason I think you're seeing a lot of people talking about it right now, like to kind of take away some of that stealthiness, um, you know, cause that, that is a, a thing that is kind of integral into, into how they operate. Well, uh, no, no, I, I don't want to, I want to be real clear about why, why people are worried about this. Um, it is the scope and the breadth and the places where we're seeing them. Like, it's it's the sort of places where you're immediately like, well, you're not here for money. What are you doing here? And and so it's it, it's it's 
it is to to try to frame in ways that someone who doesn't spend all their time in in a threat research shop might understand is like every national security organization that we work with directly globally has a team dedicated to this threat every um, research partner we have is involved at some level in this threat um we first became aware of it uh last year sometime and the very first time we saw the the incident that would it could would become um uh Volt typhoon that we would eventually determine was Volt typhoon like jj and i are both like okay this is bad like not from anything we saw from a technical perspective but where it was who it affected and the sort of like reverberations in the strategic landscape that would come from that. So the concerns are, is that this is sort of like the the premeditated period to some strategic decisions that may occur in the future that get you in the position to where you can take sort of dramatic actions on the international stage. And so that's what everybody is. That's why everybody has has their taste. and. And for all that that it has been in the public, I don't think it's been in the public enough, um, given given you know the kind of level of concern that we have about this actor. I think this year you're going to see a major push to get more information public, um, to one certainly obviously to increase awareness and try and and get those organizations who might be targeted to shore up their defenses more or pay more close attention uh, to what's occurring. And, you know, and to Matt's point, um, one of the reasons that we're hearing this more is certainly the level of concern from a capabilities perspective of where and how deep uh, we have been able to locate uh, them inside of their, their victim uh, infrastructure. Uh, but also the operational tempo at which they're operating is is increasing, right? Um, so it is clear that uh, they are operating with a very specific set of strategic goals across a wide target set. Um, that and these are all, or at least primarily, critical infrastructure targets. Like that's looking at like water, you know, transportation, energy, communications, like these kind of like critical infrastructure type targets at least that's what's been widely reported that's right that's right um the you know and if you look at some of these critical infrastructure type targets that have been reported um like in the telecommunication industry the the benefit there is obvious to me in terms of not only the victim themselves and being able to uh, conduct, as we said, a, a disruptive or destructive type attack later on because they're positioned to do so. But that also puts then the attacker in a position to be able to target customers potentially of that telco. Um, and right. if we, th Downstream. that's right. And if we look at public reporting about things that happened last year, uh, we can make some some pretty good assessments of, of what the targets likely were. Um, you know, even just in the public space, reading it and kind of putting a little thought into it. Yeah, and Microsoft um, did put a blog post out um, talking about like the, the living off the land techniques uh, that this particular actor has put forward and, and just like how 
quiet and and you know while their operational tempo is increasing like you say um they're just they're just so quiet in the background that it's really difficult to detect until it is and then it's probably not a good thing right yeah i I mean for the most part as it stands today once the detection occurs the impact uh has already happened right they've they've already achieved typically i would assess uh their action on target or objective yeah it's one of two we kind of see one of two sort of approaches like one is kind of a smash and grab and and i would i would imagine these would happen sequentially smash and grab to gather documentation about the operating environment that 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 piece of critical infrastructure is supporting um to understand how it's built who it supports etc and then the things that were concerning us also are like those very quiet, you know, resident backdoor sort of things that, that then allow that information to be used in the future when it's strategically advantageous. So JJ, do you want to talk like one of the things that we've been tra- tracking was sort of like the, their, the anonymization environment that they've created. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? So that people are aware. Yeah, of sure. And I think um, it's actually been in the news even recently. We, we saw Lumen's uh, Black Lotus Labs publish uh, a blog post about what they call the KV botnet. Yeah, how do you do the Black Lotus folks? They're good folks. Yeah, yeah, we like them a lot for sure. Um, they're definitely doing a good job working this problem set. So, in that in that blog post, they describe uh, what is effectively a component of this larger anonymization um, or covert infrastructure infrastructure intended to. Uh, to perform actions from that would be unattributable and difficult, if not impossible, to trace back to the ultimate source. Uh, this is an infrastructure that is comprised largely of compromised Soho devices. And in the in the public reporting, I think there's um, well, there's reporting from certainly from FBI, uh, from Black Lotus. I think Microsoft talked about it in some of their reporting. Uh, certainly CISA has talked about it. There's a kind of this theme of uh, targeting, exploiting, uh, and then utilizing in one of a number of ways these Soho devices that are frankly pretty outdated. Generally end of life, end of support. You know, We're talking about devices that are 10 plus years old uh, or 10 plus years even out of support um, looking at, you know, different Netgear devices, Draytech devices, uh, even frankly, some of our Cisco devices, old RV um, 320 and 325 devices, things that ISPs uh, even, you know, handed out as a part of their service uh, 10 plus years ago. And we see these Soho, um, these Soho locations still running them. Uh, with web UIs exposed, with weak or default credentials, with grossly outdated firmware or code that is trivially exploited, um, that you know any number of uh, public uh, public exploit code and, and capabilities exist for that if you wanted to target it, you could. So even you know even looking at that, that makes it difficult to trace because you can say, well, anybody could anybody can target these devices because they're an easy target, right? It's low hanging fruit. Um, do you think they're targeted because they are low-hanging fruit or because that's the fruit that's hanging? Because I don't see any new Soho stuff in numbers compared to old Soho stuff. I think they're just the fruit that's there. And if it was new Soho stuff, you'd see the same thing. 
I, I think so. I agree. I mean, it's 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 there in mass. It's easy to exploit, right? And it's, I mean, I think the I'd have to look at what Lumen published in their last report. I want to say it was on the order of two or three thousand new Netgear devices uh, that were targeted immediately following their first blog post to reestablish parts of that uh, anonymization or covert infrastructure and. You know, this is usually just one hop in that infrastructure. We we see cases where it the the adversary is taking multiple hops. They hop to one piece of compromised infrastructure to another piece, and then they conduct their attack uh, from a second or third tier, connected from or disconnected, I should say, excuse me, from uh, the operator themselves. Uh, whether it's simple scanning activity or actual intent on exploitation of a given target. Uh, that, that they have a, an actual interest in that's not a, a piece of their covert infrastructure. So, you know, a lot of this, uh, we were talking about this, Matt and I regularly talk about this, um, a lot of this comes back to the notion of network hygiene again, right? But it's a, it's a difficult proposition, especially when we think about these Soho devices. I think about uh, all of these households uh, across, well, across the world, frankly, that have internet, their internet just works, so they don't care about anything else in that stack that connects them to the internet. Uh, and w why should they if it works, right? At the end of the day, that's kind of what what I see here. And that's a, I mean, to your point, Lorene, that's a great target, right? It's, it's just this bountiful <laughs> orchard of hanging fruit. <laughs> that works all the time, that no one thinks about ever, that's totally transparent, that can see everything. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to your point, new, old, or otherwise, an exposed web UI with default admin creds is never going to be a hard thing, right? Like, yeah, I mean, countering Lorene a bit on that, if we had stuff with less surface, like you don't need to have that external surface. Like some of this stuff is like um, the hobbyist gear um, that people buy to replace it because it has general computing capability in it and you can put do all kinds of crazy things with it and then they forget about it and then someone else does crazy shit with it and that's where we end up in trouble um and this has been true all the way back towards vpn filter back in 2018 or so um that we had published oh, on that was that long ago already i think so i'm i'm guessing and then this is an interesting point too that matt brings up we do see then some of this infrastructure that ends up being multi-tenant. Oh, um, multi-tenant, multi-bad guy tenant. I would say, <laughs> Matt, your favorite act. It's your favorite actor metric. Actors per box. <laughs> like that's my favorite metric is actors per box. But like there is to look. JJ makes a good point because there is a limited amount of these devices globally. There's a lot, but there is a limited amount of them globally, and they are of value just to be real clear in what we're saying to every actor in that in, that's engaged in cyber activity. They learned it from watching us. Bad and otherwise. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> they learned it from watching us. So I'm trying to figure out how to say this because I don't like talking about, about like high intensity conflict sort of things. But if we get into a situation where, it becomes really problematic that this anonymization environment exists. A whole lot of people aren't going to have internet is what's going to happen who have nothing to do with anything going on. 
because both sides are going to start knocking down these devices. Yeah. So it is, it is really interesting to watch kind of this, this wild west land grab occur on these small routers and how important they are and what's going to happen when, well, we just saw it, right? The FBI, um, uh, had the, the warrant go out with, uh, the Russian actors that were using these same kind of devices we're talking about. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't, JJ, are you familiar? I hadn't read that report yet. Do you know, did they disable the devices or remove them from the, the botnet? I, or? I believe they were able to issue commands okay. to the botnet. So it wasn't yeah. destructive. All right. No, and I think the, uh, I believe this also happened with the KV botnet stuff uh, that Lumen talked about. I think the FBI also was authorized to take action against those devices on that botnet and did the same thing with issuing uh, commands. And then following up on that action, when Lumen saw um, the actor aggressively trying to establish the same size footprint on new devices, I, I say new devices newly infected devices or impacted devices, uh, they null routed a lot of the kind of the C2 infrastructure for that. For that. And uh, I, I'm not 100% sure how impactful that was. I'm, I'm sure that it had a good positive impact, though. Uh, so kind of kudos to those guys for being aggressive with that again. Yeah, disruptive for sure. We're getting, because of CISA's sort of patting the drum on this a bit, we're starting to see inbound inquiries in through some of our service offerings of customers wanting support in hunting activities, et cetera. Like if you are in an industry where you are concerned about this, what sort of things do you want to look for? Like, so like my suggestion would be like, you want to start on the perimeter and work in, like you want to make sure that all of your perimeter networking gear and your remote access gear is all solid and you got two-factor authentication and it's well monitored and your radius TACAC servers are locked in a little box all by themselves that no one can get to except for the very limited people that need to get onto those devices and that you're aggressively monitoring. We see a lot of that perimeter in sort of work with this group. Yeah, I think to to highlight one, one thing that Matt said kind of at the very end quickly, um, make sure you're watching. So the way I would describe that is audit the shit out of your logs. Um, if you're not keeping a close eye, you're you're going to miss stuff. Again, in, I say again, I didn't say this yet today, but in a number of cases, almost every case that we have uh, come across involving this threat set, um, there was some type of an early warning indicator that uh, was missed uh, or was misunderstood, possibly. Um, it's important to catch that because this specific actor uh, also likes to take anti-forensic steps uh, so that you're not going to then see the follow-on activity, potentially, or at least it's not going to be as noisy. So, uh, like Matt said, making sure that all the way from the outside in, all of the infrastructure you own, or even the infrastructure that touches your infrastructure that your telco provides, right? Make sure it's running all the latest, greatest goodies on it uh, in terms of software. Make sure it adheres to security best practices. Make sure that it is aggressively logging. Uh, I would argue that that's becoming more and more uh, important. And make sure that you're aggressively auditing those logs as well. Um, to include the stuff from the, the TACACs or any of the AAA servers that, that Matt had mentioned, right? If uh, 
even if you, we've even come across cases where uh, admins have been legitimately abusing uh, service level accounts so that they didn't have to use multi-factor authentication kind of thing. So if the admins are doing it, you can rest assured uh, the adversary is going to be doing it too. That's actually exactly what I was going to ask, Matt. So took took right care of that. So you're replaceable. Awesome. Uh, dude, my whole job could be like done by a chat bot like years ago. I have no idea what I'm still doing here. Like that's Who else is going to turn themselves red when they laugh? Oh, Only Mitch. Yeah. I had it was actually starting to be distracting to my ADHD. I had to turn that really? off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. A little bit. So I apologize to the to the YouTube channel subscribers for that. I we'll we'll, we'll put that back on next time. I'll just, I'll deal with it. Looked like they liked it in the chat in the Patreon chat. Uh well, I want to thank you for stopping by, JJ. I think that was uh, an enlightening conversation. If I'm if I were to wager a guess, we may be talking about this again in the future sometime. So we'll have to have you back on for an update. Uh, it doesn't sound like something that's going away anytime soon. I mean, it's like it gives it gives strong like uh, Cold War vibes, right? Like they're just grabbing up every little piece out there. Yeah, there's a number of different uh, different ways to look at it. Certainly, I think I think the other side of the coin with this whole typhoon thing is that is assessed as being um, one of many groups. Uh, engaged in very similar activities, also assessed as being uh, state-sponsored from the same part of the world. So, but wait, there's more. <laughs> that's kind of exactly it, right? Uh, it's uh, theoretically Antarctica. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Theoretically. Antarctica. <laughs> Good callback there. So it's going to be, you know, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting year. I think we'll we'll kind of leave it at that. Uh, I'm hopeful that. Um, as as a community, uh, the the security community can can come up with strong uh, strong ways to identify, detect, and uh, even defend against something like this. I mean, the the challenge, of course, being that when you're talking about this covert infrastructure built of built out of thousands, if not tens of thousands, of uh, exit nodes that you can't easily identify and track. How, how do you defend against something like that easily? Right. So. And as uh, Matt mentioned a little bit ago, how do you how do you defend against that and also not then impact those users, the legitimate users that are actually behind that infrastructure? All great questions. <laughs> Does not sound simple. Yeah, how do you give people the freedom of a tool that could end someone's life, but also make sure they don't do that? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll figure it out. <laughs> Listen, it's all worked itself out so far, right? <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything is fine. That's our new sign-off. Everything is fine. It's fine. It's all fine. It's all fine. All right. Before we close up shop today, let's uh, let's go around the table, get a little little parting shot, closing thought uh, from everybody. Matt, we started with you first. Let's go with you first here. Been playing at the harmonica, which I love because it reminds me like, like like it reminds me a little of stuff that comes up at work. Because it looks really simple. It's just this little easily held, you know, you can get one for 50 bucks. That's that's considered a good one. Um, you got 10 holes. You can blow in. You can blow out. And it should be pretty straightforward. And it sure ain't. So... <laughs> 
And even if you know other instruments, you're like, this makes no sense. I think me. if you if you know other instruments, it makes less sense because then you're like, because there is there's 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 brilliance to the the theory crafting of why why a diatonic harmonica is put the way, together the way it is. But it is not immediately obvious to my level of music theory at first glance. Yeah, because you're like, why does this? Why is this built like this? Why do these notes disappear? How do you play this? So yeah, um, oh, it's just another one of those things that you know I love learning new things, and I'll tinker with this for a while until I figure something else to learn. I definitely want to hear how that goes. Like harmonica is one of the things. Like <laughs> good news, they can't. I sound wanted to too like. Bad. I've I've always wanted to be good at it, but like it just looks like ah, uh, that's that looks really hard. Because like you see the guys who are really good at it, and they have like the vest on. They have yep. like like and all the keys. Like they have like you know five or six you know harmonicas going on there. It's looks like a lot. Looks like a lot. Like I think that's that's why that's the hardest thing about learning the harmonica. Like, playing the guitar i could sit on the couch and put on a record and then just play the guitar if you sit on the couch and try to play the harmonica you're like well i could play one of these eight songs right this is the only you're harmonica waiting, i got <laughs> waiting for a to pop but, up but only yeah. if you suck in backwards <laughs> oh i don't know all right lorraine parting shot closing thought uh, i've been wasting a lot of my time playing shin megami tensei games lately which is like uh if Pokemon had a fling with Dark Souls. Oh, okay. Which is not what you expect. But it's like, uh, you know, like hardcore dungeon crawling, but with that aspect of recruiting and stuff like that. So it's pretty good. It's totally a brain dead activity that I'm engaging in because that's where I'm at right now. Oh, I hear that. Uh, <laughs> that's about it. We don't have anything to do with rowing this weekend. So I'm actually probably just going to. It is like now the time of year where it's just gorgeous where I live and cold every place else. So we will definitely be outside, but definitely not doing anything too much. Literally just floating down a river or something like that'd be a, yeah, no, it's, it's actually February 16th in the North. Yeah. With all the things that February 16th entails. Yeah. This is a time of year where it's actually like, like outside is hospitable. It's not like just violently muggy. So violently it's a good time muggy. For us like to... the alligators are all kind of, kind of slow and sluggish <laughs> and you can get away from them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They don't bug you much anyway. Like, not, I mean, it's, it's similar to that here. Yeah. Yeah. JJ, parting shot, closing thought from you. Anything you want to leave us yeah. with today? Yeah. Uh... I mean, plenty of things, but uh, completely unrelated to what we've talked about. I've been uh, been re-engaging with a different nerd side of mine, uh, and starting to starting to put up uh, amateur radio equipment again, but doing it in a sneaky way because uh, one, my HOA cannot know about it, and two. Uh, my wife also cannot know about it because she will lose her mind when she starts to see antennas. Hopefully she doesn't up. listen to this so podcast. So are you like running attic wires or what are you doing? It's going to be a wire. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to hang, uh, going to hang a long wire hundred and I think I calculated like 134.7 feet will give me uh, good band coverage across all of the HF bands that I care about which actually are most of the bands all the way down to uh, 160 meters. So uh, 
my my solid state amplifier has been burning a hole in my dreams lately so i need to turn it on and pump some uh watts into the air so you're gonna mm. talk to like russians saying numbers and 60 year old men yeah pretty much pretty much that's, yeah that's actually there's a good chunk of that yeah it's uh that's that's 100 of it i i did uh <laughs> i did i've got a i've got a set up lots up of prostate family. exams going on oh, up it's, there it's some <laughs> crazy stuff yeah I was, uh, funnily enough, when the uh, when Russia first uh, invaded Ukraine, I will admit I was uh, going around on HF and getting uh, getting Russians on the line and uh, are on the line. It's not quite the way we would say that, but uh, I would tell them Slava Ukraini every time uh, I got one on the on the air. It was it was kind of funny. They didn't like it as much as I did. <laughs> Just give them a random set of numbers and see if something funny happens. <laughs> I'm not good with that game. That's not a game I'm going to play because something funny would almost certainly happen. So yeah, listeners, if you have an idea about how JJ can hide his antennas, send us an email. Let us know. Yeah, what's the longest span in your attic? Like, is that like? Uh, no, it's not going to. It won't work inside. And if I put it inside and push a lot of watts through it, there will be problems with other electronics <laughs> in the house. <laughs> JJ's going to EMP yeah. his town. <laughs> <laughs> or at least my neighborhood, you know. So, I mean, yeah, you're going to have to, well, just come up with a reason, like something else in the house that needs subservice. And you could, oh, like, I got it. Install uh, you a, need solar panels. Yeah. Solar yeah. project. Yeah. And then you can run your shit around yeah. it. Yeah. Solar, well, solar generator project, brother. I'm going to try and hang it up way up in a tree. I've got some, some big trees in my backyard that'll get it up off the ground really well also that'll help with uh, the propagation. You're going to so. burn down a tree. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully not. Yeah, just remember if you bury that cable, wherever you buried it is going to get wet. So Yeah, it's going it's it's to be in the hair. It's going to have to be in the hair. Yeah. It'll be fun. It's, it's going to be fun. I'm actually looking forward to it. I haven't, uh, haven't done this in a while, so... Yeah, looking forward to messing with some some people's touch lamps at a minimum, even if uh, even if it's a good messing clean, with some people's touch lamps. Even if it's a good signal, people's lights are going to turn on and off all kinds if they have touch lamps or touch switches. So, uh, at least within a within a decent radius, it will. It's pretty funny. Just just leave like a big basket of ferrite beads out on your front porch. Wait. Could you make a, when they a, come to complain, just tell them to take what they need. <laughs> you want a touch lamp gun, Matt? Yeah, well, this is exactly where I'm headed. Like, can you make? Just gonna like drive a, to the old people neighborhood and shoot all the houses. You could cause havoc houses. in the villages with that. I mean, you could cause absolute oh yeah, in pandemonium world, in, the, in heaven's waiting room. This is a this is a big deal. <laughs> this would be better than a this flipper a zero down there. Yeah. We've got some some RF cannons, not with the intent to bring a drone down, but the intent to turn on and off lights. I get seeing you talking to the FCC. I swear, I just want to turn my neighbor's lights off. <laughs> oh, all right. Yes, let's wrap it up for the day. I want to thank you, uh, JJ. Thank you for coming by, and for thank you me. everybody for listening. And we will see you next time on episode, what was this one, 44, 45, something like that. Who cares? In the meantime, stay safe, stay secure, and cheers. Everything's fine. Holy. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs>